Hello listeners, the following podcast episode contains discussions on films with potential spoilers and some topics and themes discussed may be alarming and or triggering. If you feel you may be affected, please feel free to skip this episode and check out other ones instead. With that in mind, please enjoy this episode. Greetings and salutations. You've arrived at After Dark with Super Marcy. Join your host, Super Marcy, as she brings you a show that's a little darker, sexier, and edgier with sexploitation cinema, topical discussions, and all things that happen after dark. Listener discretion is advised, as this podcast will feature coarse language and adult themes. Remember, what happens after dark stays after dark. Hello and welcome to episode three of After Dark with Super Marcy. I am, of course, Super Marcy, and thank you for tuning in. Up for discussion today is the cinematic art of erotic thrillers because we're after dark and we like to get a little bit thrilling on this side. But I'm not alone for this hot, steamy and a little bit of a cringy adventure. Please welcome my very special guest, Dylan, who runs Bloody Bedroom and contributes to Hear Us Scream. Thank you for joining me and how are you today? I am so nervous. My cheeks are burning. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I am so excited to talk about this genre that I don't talk enough about, honestly. Yeah, I feel very much the same way. And it's been so great actually prepping for this show and posting like, I'm watching this and this and lots of feedback. It's like, you know what? Erotic thrillers need to be talked about so much more. They're the best. And I honestly, I think I sometimes have even more fun with them than horror. I love horror. That's my other love of my life, but I love erotic thrillers. Yes. I think we need more like horror erotic thrillers, which might be a little bit disturbing, but it'll be kind of cool. I mean, why not, right? I think I know some good, uh, not off the top of my head because I'm nervous, but I, I like those. I think I know some. Yeah, I think there are some sort of more horror type of like really focused on like horror or can be in that genre, but still an erotic thriller. And I think maybe one or two that we will talk about could kind of fit in there a little bit, Mm -hmm. which is very exciting. Yeah, it's fun that we both really love good erotic thrillers. And of course, having the horror connection is always good because the horror family is just wonderful. I have to agree with that. I have met so many amazing people in the horror world, like Kat, who founded Hear Us Scream. And I seriously, there's so many cool people. And I love the the film people just in general, like film and general thrillers and horror films and everything. I love it all. Yeah, me too. It's really good to kind of even go out of your comfort zone and kind of look at things on like Twitter and see what sorts of films other people are watching. And it's a good way to just get random recommendations. But yeah, definitely a big shout out to Kat from Hear Us Scream, who will hopefully, because I think I need to actually organize it, but that's, I'm not going to talk about that. But uh, hopefully Kat (laughs) will join me uh, in a future episode of After Dark. So very exciting. And I think it would be the Hear Us Scream connection where we probably found each other over Twitter. So that's so damn cool seriously yeah and i was just talking before the podcast about how i'm a little bit of a technophobe yet twitter has connected me to so many cool people it's like unreal it is like i know twitter gets a bit of a bad name at some points but i kind of block out a lot of the negative stuff and twitter for me is just generally very positive and it's probably why it's like my most used of all the social medias yeah yeah i think i i don't know if it counts as social media i would say my favorite is pinterest but that's just like another thing <laughs> but I yeah. like Twitter. I've met, like, I think I've met so many people that I can't even imagine my life without a lot of them now. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, where would you all be? It's Can we just, like, have, like, a big Twitter thing where we're like, let's just watch erotic thrillers? No. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> It'd be so much fun. Yeah, let's get right into it. And because I'm such a lovely host who likes picking on her guests, 
Dylan, would you please give us uh, one of your picks, and I'll explain this as we do this, for what you considered a good erotic thriller. Now, for those listening, we have picked two examples, I guess, of what we personally feel are good erotic thrillers, as well as ones that are on the bad side, and then one each for kind of sitting a bit in the middle. So uh, we'll start with the good. And what is your first pick for a good example of a of an erotic thriller? So I this is a fun story one too. My uh, childhood best friend and I co-parented a Wild Thing slash The Craft DVD as children. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm like, I still have it. I just found it the other night, and I'm like, wow, I still love wild things to this day. And so I chose that one to go go first. Yes, I was so happy that you picked it because I too just I think I have a bit of a history with this film, but a lot of people seem to where you know it was like oh we got to rent this on like VHS and yeah it got like lots of rentals then purchase and lots of rewinding on certain things but specifically Kevin Bacon's things because you know that was a big deal in cinema at the time he is in everything like he'll he's in another one of our films that we chose for this but like wow he is that man is everywhere i didn't realize how prolific he was like i mean i knew it but wow he pops up all the time and i've just been seeing him left and right now yes he does and i actually forgot in one of the other films we'll talk about that he was in that mm-hmm. oh my gosh so much kevin bacon but i think i think we need more or we maybe we needed or still could get more kevin bacon in an erotic thriller because I think at least particular in Wild Things he's like one of my favorite things in it really (laughs) yeah I do I love Kevin Bacon I always kind of loved Kevin Bacon and I really love him in this and I just I just think it's because he's so like swarmy and sleazy (laughs) (laughs) and naked I guess yeah I honestly I think I've been afraid of Kevin Bacon ever since I saw him in Hollow Man as a kid have you seen that Ooh. Yeah, good, good movie. Very good. It's scary. And that's like, I every time I see him now, and I saw that movie as a kid, I still think of Hollow Man. He still gives me the chills, yes. bad chills. But I don't know. I, I think I really like him now. Yeah, I think he's, he's so versatile as an actor and he could do so many different things. But I guess like some of the earlier stuff I saw him in was like Footloose where he's like dancing <laughs> and such a rebel. And yeah, then he kind of went into sort of more like seedier or villainous roles as well but he he just can do everything and you know Wild Things actually has like a really good cast and going back it's like you almost forget like how many people were in this I forgot like Bill Murray was in this like how ridiculous that I could forget and he's so good in it oh I I forgot too I when I saw him I was like no way he's he just doesn't seem to fit but he does fit really well in it yeah and it's so weird that he does and you couldn't imagine the movie without him in a way <laughs> Honestly. It's so it's so bizarre. But then yeah, like I think um Matt Dillon was a lead in quite a few films around the same time. Uh Denise Richards, I think this one really kind of broke her out as like this sexy sex symbol type and uh Nev Campbell having had like scream and stuff and this was a bit mm-hmm. of a different, darker kind of role for her. So it's got like this really cool cast and it's got all these like twists and turns and I remember the first time watching it being really intrigued and not guessing at all where it was going and the twists like watching it back again they're still so good and you still kind of forget they happened so I liked that as well I, I actually forgot a lot more than I'd realized, you know, rewatching it again since childhood. And I was like, there are so many twists in this that it makes it really fun. And it's a, it's over the top, but it's really, really fun. It is. It's so much fun. And it's good that it has all these twists because it keeps like such a simple story going and characters you may have thought was something are like something else, which I think is you like put on your investigator's cap and it's like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, I had remembered that Matt Dillon Dylan's character was like not not exactly like there was a lot of twists with him but I I remember that the I totally forgot the end with Nev Campbell yeah I almost forgot about that as well I'm like oh yeah she kind of disappears and then I'm like wait she come back oh yeah (laughs) it's like I forgot all about this not to mention this isn't like a movie note but she looks so cute at the end in that little blonde wig I'm just like oh my baby I love her so much I know, right? She just looks so cute with it. It's like, no. 
gosh. It's so, it's just, yeah, this film is actually just like so much fun and it does have a lot of that like erotic sex appeal that you'd want in an erotic thriller. And it's done in such a way that it's kind of sleazy, but it's kind of, it doesn't make you feel bad for watching it at the same time, which I think works in its favor. But when you were younger, it was like almost a naughty thing to watch this like very sexy movie. But it really goes on with like, it does have the sexiness and the intrigue and then it's got all the thrilling parts. So it it really does actually come like full circle circle as what I would call like all the good aspects for a fun erotic thriller. It really does. And it is just even thinking about watching it as a kid, like alone in, in my best friend's like bedroom and stuff. It was just, it was exciting. And it was just like, it's just like a trip. And it's, I feel like the excitement of the film came with me to adulthood to rewatching it. I do think this is one of my favorite erotic thrillers probably ever. Yeah, I think for me too, it's definitely right up there. And even like so many years on from when it came out, it still like holds up. It has this very 90s flair, but it holds up when you watch it now and it doesn't feel like it's this weird dated thing and you can just kind of go with it. And that's what I really liked about rewatching it again too. Yeah. And, and I love that whole, I think I really love the whole soap opera dramatic vibe, like in the courtroom scenes with Denise Richards. I just feel like it's so, I love films that just go all in it, not afraid of the dramatics and just kind of lean into that and have fun with it. Yeah. And this one does that a lot. And and I agree, there is that kind of soap opery thing, and it really works for this. And I will talk about soap opery courtroom elements in a in a different film we'll be discussing a bit <laughs> later. <laughs> But at least here it worked really well. So I think like at the end of the day, this is definitely like on the scale of like, this is a really good example of an erotic thriller. It's got all the right like elements that that make it work. I mean, from the cast to the plot line, to the sexiness, to Nev Campbell, to, it's just like it has everything. And I don't think I could ever see myself getting tired of watching and rewatching this film. Yeah, I think this is going to have to be in more of a regular rotation now after the most <laughs> recent rewatch. It's like, yes, so good. But yes, people, if you haven't seen Wild Things, see Wild Things. If it's been a while, just make some time for it. I will now give one of my choices for what I consider to be a good erotic thriller. And this will come as no surprise to anybody that knows me because this is one of my all-time favorite films. And that is Bound from the mid-90s with Gina Gershon, Jennifer Tilly, and Joe Pantoliano. And my goodness, this movie is sexy. It's thrilling. It's just like whoa this movie has everything I think like wild things it just has all these elements that really works but at the same time this is very much like almost like a neo-noir more like 90s modern and I think you could definitely see a lot of the interesting style that the Wachowskis would put into their uh, next films after this but it, it would be so cool to actually see them go back to something like this and uh, we'll touch on that again as well but yeah bound one of my favorite movies i think it's just one of the sexiest movies and it just works as an erotic thriller and dylan this was your first time watching it which excited me greatly because i'm like you are going to love this so what did you think of bound and where would you rate it on the erotic thriller scale Ooh, well, I mean, speaking of wild things, it's a wild thing that this is the first watch for me because um, I have been told by so many people that I would love this film and it's now totally a new favorite. It's probably one of the sexiest films I've ever seen. I would say a million on a 10 scale. Like, yes. <laughs> Jennifer Tilly, a lot. I mean, I love her. One of the first, I think the first film I ever saw in theaters with actually with my mom was uh, Bride of Chucky. It, there's just something about oh. Jennifer Tilly and, and that lipstick and then and just her hair. She's just so beautiful in, in this and in everything. And I think that she really adds this uh, sensual element to the film. Gershon's wonderful too, but I, I absolutely, I love Bound. I think I want to watch it every day. Yes. I, I When I first discovered it, I think I did watch it like so often because it's just so good. And I love Jennifer Tilly and I love Gina Gershon. I mean, Showgirls, one of my favorite movies ever. Gina Gershon steals the mm -hmm. show as she does. But Jennifer Tilly, just, uh, she's the best. I just cannot say enough amazing things about her and 
this film, like, they have the chemistry. That first scene in the, when they meet in, like, the elevator is like, oof, I got to fan myself off just watching them. It's just this raw attraction between two people. And, yeah, I guess because it's between two women and there's always that, ooh, it's so sexy. But I feel like this film just presents it as an attraction between two people rather than indulge on it being very, like, salacious. And I think that's what really makes it work. I don't know if you kind of feel that same way with this one. Yeah, I, I think totally, because I feel that there's also a highly romantic element of the that almost, it's, it isn't just lust at first sight, it's love at first sight, although I have no issues with lust at first sight. I think that it's very romantic, their connection, they have a wonderful chemistry on screen. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. It's like amazing to see what real like on-screen chemistry is and they definitely have it, which just I think makes it work so well. But it's really like well paced and, you know, it does have some twists and turns as well. So you kind of when it starts, you're not quite sure what's going on and then things are slowly revealed. And it's like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen? And it's just, it's so intense. It's almost like it suckers you in with this almost romantic kind of storyline between uh, Violet and Corky and then the next thing you know it's like oh my gosh it's like so thrilling and what's gonna happen I don't want to see anything bad happen to them that guy's an asshole <laughs> oh that, the whole movie I was just thinking like please kill him please kill that man <laughs> I do not like that man he's so obnoxious he is the worst he really <laughs> is it's like oh dude just go away <laughs> I was like, can this movie just be them and, and not him at all? I know. I could have, like, totally had this as, like, this cute, like, romance movie between these two characters. Like, ugh, they're just so good. And they're so good at playing these characters. Ugh, fan myself off again. It's just so steamy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, for me, it's definitely, like, one of the best movies. I think one of the best erotic thrillers for sure. And yeah, it's, the, I guess in terms of like the eroticism, I think it's actually done in such an interesting way that it focuses its, its attention on different things than you may expect, like the lips or there's some touching. It's it's not like this full X-rated softcore pornography type of situation, which I think also works. Yeah. And I, I think that one of the most sexy scenes it really didn't show much was the one where they're kind of first getting intimate and showing each other their tattoos and stuff it's just it's got a very sexy sexiness about it and, yeah. and I don't know why because they don't show much but I think it's just the way they talk to each other and kind of tease each other it's just I love that scene yeah it's so good and it really sets that sizzling for those two characters it's just it's so good everything about Bound is just amazing please people just go see Bound Dylan learned that when someone says to watch Bound you gotta watch it <laughs> You have to. It is the rules. <laughs> okay, well, what is your next pick in the, what you consider the good variety? All right, so my next good pick is one of my, honestly, I say this about everything, so I'm going to make fun of myself. Like, this is my favorite movie ever. I have a lot of favorite movies ever, and definitely Swim Fan is one of them. I have a lot of favorite movies ever as well, so I totally <laughs> relate. <laughs> But yeah, I actually do have a fondness for Swim Fam, but tell us why you love it so much and what do you think it kind of brings into the erotic thriller, but I guess more teenage-y than Wild Things, which had like teenage type characters. Well, gosh, how much time we got? Because I love this film. Oh, I, please. <laughs> well, I, I, it's it's something about the the vibe of it from from the hues of blue and then from the the cast. Like I, I love the cast and uh, Jesse Bradford. I, I loved him in Bring It On, and he was in Cherry Falls. I think that there's just a really great soundtrack. This just feels like a very quintessential throwback teen thriller that for some reason I think was judged unfairly and not appreciated enough. And it has that really dramaticness about it that I love, but it's also incredibly sexy. And I believe it's PG-13, which is like really shocking because it's, it's very sexy, I would say. Yeah, it actually does that pretty well because it does get into things really quickly. And because the main character played by Jesse Bradford is a swimmer and the girl who gets obsessed uh, you know, swim fan. So they do get frisky in the pool. And I think this is a good example 
example of how you can get frisky in a pool without looking like you're a flopping fish. But <laughs> again, that's showgirls and it's still amazing. So <laughs> I digress. I think this actually hits on a level where it is actually kind of steamy in parts and maybe a little too steamy for, for the teen audience because you're kind of like just sitting there like, should I feel a bit awkward while they're doing this <laughs> kind of thing? But yeah, it hits into that, you know, fatal attraction territory of, oh, the obsession's really taking over and everybody's like in danger. But I kind of like that it does that. And for me, I just have a lot of weird fun with this movie. And at the same time, I kind of want to yell at, you know, the screen, like, stalking is bad. This behavior is not good. None of this is good. Stop doing it. <laughs> Madison's behavior was not ideal in that film, although she is so cute and, and sweet. that I'm just like, right? it's okay. You're okay. It's fine. Don't worry I about know. it. You just <laughs> want to like take her and be like, I'm going to hug you and just look after you. It, it hurt. It, it's an interesting film because she's a wonderful femme fatale and I love femme fatales, but I feel like my heart just, you know, she's, she's a, she's a kid. She's been through stuff. And I feel like, like definitely I, I think we're supposed to like her. And I really did. Yeah. I feel like you are supposed to feel a bit of sympathy for her. And at first it is kind of hard to get the sympathy for Jesse Bradford's character because he does like cheat on his girlfriend who is also adorable played by Sheree Appleby. Mm -hmm. who I just love because I, I used to be obsessed with Roswell and she was in that and that was my life back in the day. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and you kind of, I, th I feel like you're more on the girl's side, like both of them, rather than his side for a while. A and I feel like that kind of subverts expectations as well, where you're kind of like, look, he probably shouldn't have done that and I can kind of condone some of this, <laughs> but maybe not all of it. It's a bit like, mm, you're testing my own boundaries, movie. <laughs> yeah, I. the more I watch it, and I've seen this film more than a few times, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit, it's. I just feel, I don't know, he's not the most likable. I like him as an actor. I especially like him because I think of him as like the, the toothbrushing guy from Bring It On. <laughs> but like, yeah. it's like, why are, he's not that nice of a guy. He he wasn't nice to either of his kind of girlfriend people. I, I just don't know why I'm rooting for him at all or why he's the protagonist. I'm just not... I like him because of the actor. I would not say I like the character. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there because I, th I feel like, yeah, he's not the most likable character. And that's generally, like, you kind of find that, yeah, the, the male characters will have flaws, but maybe they're not, like, so bad. But I feel like this one is almost like, no, he kind of is. I don't really like him. Oh, yeah, no. I, and I, I feel like one of the male characters I did like in this film, though, was James DeBello, who, who played uh, Madison's brother. Mm. And I know him from Detroit Rock City. I know him from uh, Cabin Fever. I really, I just, I like that. I, he's he's sweet. He's got, he's sweet even when he's not sweet. And in this one, he was sweet, not, not in Cabin Fever, but... No. I just feel like he was a he was a good character in this. Yeah, I did actually quite like him as well. And I'd forgotten he was in this. So when I went to rewatch it and I automatically think of like Cabin Fever. It's like, oh yeah, he was in this. But yeah, no, he's one of he's I think he's a better example of like, yeah, this is a more likable guy. You know, he's I feel like his character's heart's in the right place. Yeah, I would say so too. And I, I think as far as Sherry Appleby goes, she was so sweet in this, but I wish that they had given her a little bit more dimension as far as building up that that role of hers, her character traits and stuff like that. I feel like they didn't focus as much on her as I would have maybe liked. So that would maybe be one of my, my issues with it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Rather than just have her be like there and mm -hmm. you know not sort of like the scorned girlfriend type of thing but yeah for the most part I actually really enjoy swim fan and I think it definitely has a lot of good elements that work with more of the teen vibe kind of erotic thriller so I think I think it's a pretty a good choice yeah I I, I love this film and I, I I actually saw it just like wild things as a kid and and I I have loved it ever since and I I think it's more than nostalgia I think I it does hold up for me and I I think I'll always love it yeah it definitely was a lot of fun re-watching it as I had not seen it for quite some time so yeah I mean if you find something you still like holds up and stuff it it definitely more than like just nostalgia so that's a tick in the good box for swim fan <laughs> I gotta agree yeah all right and my next good pick is maybe something that's a little less fun it is more on the serious side you know we kind of got to look at all different kinds of erotic thrillers so I picked in the car 
Cut with Meg Ryan, Mark Ruffalo, and Jennifer Jason Lee. And also Kevin Bacon is in there. <laughs> Again. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, that, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, he's haunting me. He's everywhere. And uh, he's very creepy in this movie. But yeah, I actually remember I really wanted to see this. And I think I like ordered the DVD when it came out on eBay and like watched it as soon as I got it. And I was, what, my teens, I think, around about. I honestly don't remember. (laughs) I also can't do maths in my head. (laughs) Yeah. Like watching this at a young age, yeah, it definitely leaves an impression. But I was like, wow, this is really good. And it really struck me as well is that it is very sexual, but it's not sexual for you to gaze at. It's It kind of has a purpose and it's just showing like sex and sexuality in a way that is just real, like kind of realistic and just there. It's not sugarcoating anything. They have these frank conversations. They're not giggling at certain words. And then it throws in this mystery of like a serial killer and you kind of suspect a few things and you know as as stuff gets closer to you know Meg Ryan's character it gets really like confronting and it's for me I just think this is like an incredible and fantastic film I guess an example as well uh, women filmmakers kind of bring completely different flavors and this one is like well this is completely different I, I believe it did not get the greatest reviews when it came out and I think that's kind of disappointing but uh what did you what are your thoughts on in the cut I think sometimes and I'm I'm a film reviewer but I think sometimes it's very hard for me to find films I don't love unless they're you know mean-spirited or hateful or Mm. bigoted or something like that I I usually do love films that I see and I I'm surprised that this one didn't get good reception because I think this is sexy it's interesting it's it's pretty scary too and I think Mm. it has every single element of a film that I'm, I'd probably like. And I, it's new to me. I just saw it for the first time, I think, last year. I, I love Mark Ruffalo's sexy uh, filmography because he's also in some other sexy ones like XXXY mm. and We Don't Live Here Anymore and stuff like that. But wow, this is, this is, I love this film. Yeah, it's, it's just incredible. And it's so hard to even describe because you've got like this murder mystery, but it's this interesting character sc- study of two people and how they connect through these very bizarre circumstances and it again this kind of does have like a sort of neo-noir type of feel to it but I think what I appreciate and again I did already say this it's just how I guess raw these characters are and they will show all sorts of angles and again there's there's penis there's boobs you you see it all but it's it's so not there to be titillating either it's just there to show this and this very kind of interesting sexual relationship and relationship that forms between these two characters while kind of being I guess suspicious of each other and we cannot forget the Mark Ruffalo mustache (laughs) (laughs) there's a oh my gosh and we have another mustache coming up uh that's Mm -hmm. pretty titillating too (laughs) in another film but yeah i feel like oh my god oh have you seen um it reminded me a lot of sea of love actually with al pacino oh i have not seen that we're gonna have to watch that together at some point because that it has a lot of those elements of being suspicious and having this like rivalry but having this romance all at the same time and and there is love there but there's a lot of darkness too and it had a lot of that that in there too i really i like the nuance in the and how many things are going on at the same time in this film with their relationship yeah it's definitely very complex and it does weave this line very loosely between i guess the, there's characters that will suffer grief or all sorts of feelings and as they go through what's happening you kind of get all these different senses and you feel it they also have like really strong chemistry between Meg Meg Ryan and Mark Ruffalo and I remember the first time watching it being really genuinely surprised because it was such a different role for Meg Ryan and I really appreciate that she did and went out 
to do something like this and really change kind of from the more rom-com stuff to something that was very raw and serious and I feel like it just really showed that she can and she does have the skills to be a very intriguing actress and Mark Ruffalo goodness this put him on the map for me and I was just like yep I'm definitely attracted to that man Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just love I, I, because I feel like obviously I'm not famous, but I'm, I got tired of being like the good girl, whatever. Like I've always feel like not an edge, but I feel like I wanted to talk about erotic thrillers because I never talk about sexy stuff openly, and and I love that she kind of broke out of that you've got male good girl stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but like and went into something so like intense like this. Yeah, and there's a lot of, like, very intense and personal scenes. Like, she, you know, has a scene where she pleasures herself and then she does it on the phone with him or during their sex scenes he, it shows him pleasuring her it's there's a lot of female focused pleasure in these scenes and that's not something that you get too much of and I think that's important to see as well even if it's in a bit of a messed up movie like this I think it's worth mentioning I never even thought about it like that but totally yeah and, and that scene uh the phone sex scene is so it really really is hyper focused on her because he doesn't even do anything himself he's driving so it's that that is a that is a great scene that's my favorite scene for sure yeah it's definitely a very strong scene i I agree but uh let's move along because i feel like these are really good prime examples of things that at least for for the both of us like what we consider to be good and we have a wide range of stuff that was sort of the teen type of stuff there's the more female focus there's the the murder and intrigue and all sorts of different things but now we're going to go with what we personally consider to be more bad in terms of how they are as erotic thrillers and i'll i'll pick on myself first this time and i'm going to pick body of evidence with madonna and willem dafoe as an example of an erotic thriller that doesn't work but uh (laughs) dylan was this the first time you had seen this or had you heard of it as well yeah, it's so infamous for what it is, but this is my first time seeing it. And it's, it's, I, I have to say, I liked it. I get all the flack it gets, but it, it's so ridiculous that I thought it was a blast. Yeah, I feel like there's something that shouldn't be fun about the ridiculousness of this movie. <laughs> And it is (laughs) like, I kind of, I don't generally say I feel guilty for enjoying stuff, but it it just gets so silly. I kind of enjoy it on a almost like so bad it's good level, like on a personal note. If someone thinks this is a really good movie, that's totally cool. It's only my opinion. And in the the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. I feel like it's just not at all sexy and I didn't find it all that thrilling and the chemistry with Madonna and Willem Dafoe just totally not there and I actually like Madonna in this I think she looks amazing and the way she acts I kind of like it but there's it when they're like supposed to be sexy and this was really trying to get into BDSM type of stuff it so doesn't work It's just, oh my. And it's kind of uncomfortable watching them in the car park. (laughs) Okay, well, sexy, it's not. I do love Willem Dafoe and the kitten. I do love uh, Madonna's beret and her clothing, but it is not... It is not a sexy film. It is. It does not work as a as an erotic thriller. I would say. Yeah, I don't think it really does, and it's definitely what it wanted to be and what it portrayed itself to be. But I think if you just look at it as kind of like this movie is kind of bad, but it has weird <laughs> enjoyable elements. I think it kind of works. Yeah, I I think I I would say I like it for the wrong reasons, but for the reasons of this podcast, with it being a not very good erotic thriller, I do think it's fun. And I think it's worth seeing just because. It's almost like they they had to have known that this was not good. Yeah, you kind of feel like they had to have known when this was getting made, but it, if they didn't realize, it kind of makes it better. Y- yeah, yeah, that's true. Almost like what were you saying? That like like the room. Yeah, <laughs> it could almost be like the room of erotic thrillers. Yeah, I feel like it kind of is because it, it just feels, yeah, it's it's very straight. Oh my gosh, what really got me though, which is why yeah. maybe they didn't know it was was bad, was that Julianne Moore was in it. 
Oh my goodness, yes. I completely, I always forget, and maybe it's just because I feel bad that she was in this. <laughs> yeah, it's like this early role from her, and you're sitting there going, aren't you a little bit, wait, like, maybe way too good for this, my dear? And she kind of does play it way too straight. Like, I think if they made this, and I'm going to say this again about another example of one of the films, this really needed to be really campy like showgirls campy and it would have been amazing yeah i think i think so too but i yeah i think definitely another iteration or version of this if it, if it ever gets remade and they really up that that campiness with it i think it could be a lot better yeah i think that could actually be a lot of fun but yeah i i feel like i just had to put it in there because for me it's just a shining example of an erotic thriller that doesn't really work as erotic or thriller but why don't you tell us what one of your picks for an example of a bad erotic thriller is i am so ashamed that i picked this because we were talking before the show and this is bad in a way where it's not even nice to watch bad was a twisted obsession with jeff goldblum yeah (laughs) i had not even heard of this movie (laughs) and I watched this just before recording and I'm like oh Dylan I I said pick bad examples and then you're like here we go and I'm like you know what I think you've actually picked the perfect example of not only bad but yeah bad erotic thriller but actually bad bad movie whereas I think body of evidence you can kind of have fun with this one's just really ill and I actually commend you for finding something that really fits the this is bad <laughs> like wow where do we even <laughs> start with this movie <laughs> and where how did you even d- d- learn of this movie <laughs> well i mean i i don't know if i should be proud right now or if i should uh <laughs> I I feel like I don't know what's been going on lately, but I've been on some sort of weird Jeff Goldblum kick and I'm like, oh, I never heard of this thriller or whatever. So I watched it and I was like, this is bad. I should definitely recommend this to as many people as possible and talk about it on a on a podcast. Like, yes. it's it's worth talking about because it's that bad. Yeah. It really is. And to be fair, if I kind of just discovered this accidentally, I would be telling people, can you watch this and just tell me I'm like, <laughs> I didn't just dream or have a nightmare about this movie. <laughs> it's so, can you even describe the plot? Because I don't think I can. <laughs> It's so, the plot is, I thought the plot was loose in Body of Evidence, and then I'm like, you know what, I got you beat on the bad thrillers here, because the plot is almost non-existent in this one. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so what's happening again? I felt I felt like I was on one of my other podcasts, the To Be Tuesdays podcast, and watching some <laughs> weird, like, full moon movie that I had no idea what was going on, but this kind of plays itself as, as like a foreign arty type of movie, and it's like, what? Like, I think really? it tried really hard to be something that it just, I, yeah, I, I do think that because they talk a lot about art films and that and about cinema and everything. And I think it was trying to be the dreamers. I think it was trying to be something that it never, ever could have reached. I think this is based on a novel or book. And the original title, I think, was like The Dream of the Mad Monkey. And it's also known as The Mad Monkey. And. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I think Jeff Goldblum is like hired to help someone make a movie and this someone looks like a young Mick Jagger and he has an incestuous relationship with his sister who's like 16 and then Jeff Goldblum gets obsessed with her and they did do really gross things and then she goes missing and she's dead but then maybe she isn't and apparently all the women want him in this movie and I have no idea but that kind of uh, might yeah and then there's like the voiceover like what was that (laughs) they just could not decide on what type of film it was supposed to be like this is supposed to be sexy no it's supposed to be disgusting no it's supposed to be like half narrated but no let's actually change the style in the middle of it like it makes no sense it really doesn't and then there's like dream sequences and i'm like what it's like this bizarre mix of erotic thriller neo-noir giallo art house 
<laughs> doesn't know what any of those things are, but it's trying. <laughs> it's, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, it's not erotic. It's not thrilling. I, I don't want to see Jeff Goldblum and a 16-year-old character. It's just, meh. <laughs> I will say I did not realize that she was underage when I recommend, like, I knew it was bad. I didn't realize that, though, and that was, like, even more. It's just, yeah. honestly, it's so disgusting. It really is. I'm not sure why this was made. Yeah, it just it makes you feel grimy. Like, it's not overtly trying to be i guess erotic in that it sort of shows things off screen but then it it randomly shows her bottomless but then i'm like is that actually the actress or someone else i'm thinking it was someone else because it doesn't pan anywhere you don't see the face or anything like that and it's just very bizarre yeah I, i don't know how else to explain it why does this movie exist I honestly, I I wish, <laughs> I wish I'd known that she was underage. I did not realize that part, but it's just, it's one of those things where as much as I do love most films, like I was saying earlier, this film, I do kind of regret seeing because I just think it, it just kind of made me sick to my stomach a little bit. Yeah. Um, it just, it really, what by bad, I mean really bad. And that's from somebody who I, I really do like most films I see. Yeah, it, it takes a lot for me to really like not like something. And I'm just sitting there going, this just is really bad. And it's kind of grimy. Yeah, the ultimate, I think, bad uh, example of an erotic thriller is absolutely Twisted Obsession. But we'll get into something that's probably a little bit more fun. And my other bad example, this is kind of an infamous one, Saliva with Sharon Stone, Billy Baldwin and Tom Berenger and Martin Landau and Polly Walker. It has a very big cast. It was directed by Phil. Philip Noyce, and it was written by Joe Esterhaus, who was behind Basic Instinct and Showgirl. So clearly he doesn't know anything about women. But (laughs) uh, yeah, I actually remember seeing this when I was quite young. And I remember the beginning of this movie because uh, the woman falls out of the apartment. And I I don't know why that bit I really remembered. And then I kind of remembered like all this weird camera stuff. And yeah, I think Sliver is a weirdly watchable movie. It's kind of enjoyable, but I feel like where it fails is I don't think it actually gets that thriller element really. And knowing that they changed what the ending was makes the film not make sense. But I think where the film kind of does, I think, a little bit better in terms of at least eroticism, when it focuses more on Sharon Stone and she's on her own, it feels more steamy than when she's with anybody else because I just don't think the chemistry was there. But again, it's just this really weirdly watchable movie. It's got like this really interesting soundtrack and yeah what's his name is really weird in this movie i don't i didn't know how to uh how to take that and i I mean uh tom berenger as jack he's just so weird i but yeah you hadn't seen this so what what did you think because i think you enjoyed it like just for what it was right yeah i'm i'm a little ashamed i did i really i twisted obsession i'm sorry it sucks so there's no redeeming qualities of that film i liked sliver actually i i see exactly what you mean yet i i liked it and i feel like it reminded me a lot of a film that we were talking about the other day actually um the resident with um Mm. jeffrey dean morgan yeah and uh hillary swank Yes. And so I had, I, it just reminded, it had a lot of those kind of surveillance elements. I would not consider that one as much of an erotic thriller. That one was more of a horror film to me, but mm. this one I just felt was really creepy with that voyeurism. And I felt like it had some really great horror elements in, in this one too. And I, I really love uh, Sharon Stone. I thought it was stylish. I did kind of like this one, but I also see how it, how it fell short in, in more than a few places. Yeah, I actually just think it's kind of enjoyable and it does have some interesting creepy vibes, like that whole voyeuristic thing of just watching. And when you see stuff like that sort of in the early 90s, it it really does become a precursor to that, uh, you know, reality television that would then happen several years later, how everybody ended up just becoming voyeurs watching Big Brother and all that stuff. Whereas I think reality TV is a lot more scripted now. But I think it's definitely interesting to see how that play like how this plays out in the film 
and it is kind of creepy and icky but i think sharon stone is just so good that she makes it really worth watching and as, as we've said the character of vita played by polly walker is kind of the best oh my gosh she is a style icon like she was wearing like a long sleeve sweater thing with like an overall dress and a big cross and i was like i want to be her she's so cool yeah right i just love her she needed to be in like all the scenes <laughs> I, I was wishing that she was and i yeah i i really enjoyed style wise and sometimes that steals movies for me to be honest as as vain as that sounds it was pr a pretty stylish film yeah it actually it really is i think it's got a very interesting visual style and, and stuff like that so i think there is like quite a bit of merit to it I, I think in terms of just how it works as an erotic thriller is more kind of eh, it doesn't really but you know what i would have been so down just to have a movie with carly and vita going on adventures because that would have been the best i would watch a whole show of that that sounds wonderful but the other thing i noticed which makes me laugh a few of these actually a few of the thrillers that we picked for this i've noticed that a lot of them or not a few i guess a lot of them have telescopes and or people falling out of windows yes it seems to be a trope because i don't know let's look at you through a telescope and like what <laughs> why does everyone have a telescope <laughs> Well, they even said that. Remember when, when, uh, yes. Baldwin, he brought the California red to the party and then she's like, who sent me this telescope? And they were all making fun of her for having the telescope. And then he's like, I sent it. And it's like, this is just weird. It is just weird. But, uh, <laughs> yes, make sure you get your California red. <laughs> you might need it to watch your <laughs> other pick, which I am way too excited about for an example of a bad one. <laughs> This, oh my god, I, I seriously, my existence is embarrassing enough without having recommended Marcy Watch Shattered. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, thank you for bringing this movie into my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. It, this is another one of those irredeemably bad ones, but I think it's it's fun. And we were talking about fried chicken, like speaking of, of uh, Gina Gershon and Killer Joe mm. and fried chicken-y scenes. There's a great fried chicken scene in this one. So that that's something I like. Yes. The fried chicken, I was like getting so excited because... <laughs> We, we were getting like fried chicken in almost like every movie that we were watching on the 2B Tuesdays podcast in Deathbed, the bed that eats, it eats fried chicken. <laughs> How could you not just suddenly become obsessed when you see fried chicken in a movie? And then when that character sits down to eat the fried chicken, I was like, yes, I love this. But there's also a, a weird ice cream ex a, a, a obsession Everything in this movie happens so fast. None of it makes sense. I feel like this is sort of erotic thriller slash stalk obsessed version of The Fanatic, which is also probably what people would consider a bad film, but I am really obsessed with because it's so ridiculous. And, and I put this on that level and I've already watched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and you've recommended it to all your friends which is like yes. please stop, stop putting me throwing me under the bus with this film because I, I never said I liked it although I think I do I like it it's just it's so ridiculous <laughs> I can't even like oh my gosh I can't oh I mean I like the lead female I actually think she is so much fun she's a whole vibe <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I liked her too until she like wanted to eat off of his ice cream spoon after they had just met. I was like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm interested in. But I, I do really like her as a, as a, she's fun. She's weird. She's weird. And I like that. Yeah, I do agree with you with the spoon thing and knowing they filmed this in tw 2021. Like, seriously, people, no, there's germs. <laughs> But yeah, there's this whole ice cream thing and he's like this really weird type of dude and it, it the whole courtship like happens so quickly and then he she's like moving in after a day because he's got his legs broken. It's, what is this? <laughs> well, we haven't even spoken about uh, John Malkovich yet, have we? Right? <laughs> why is he in this movie and why is he playing Tommy Wiseau in this movie? It's so bizarre. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. And I was I was telling my friend Angie actually that I feel like Google himself wrote this because there's so many references to Google Universe, Google Play. Like there I don't know what this film or who made this film or what happened here, but like it's so it's so laughably bad. And John Malkovich, like who I think is a wonderful actor, I don't know who roped him into this. Maybe Google, because it's just very weird. It is so weird. He's just kind of like there and he's also like a creepy voyeuristic guy and he just has the weirdest lines like walk of shame shame i'm like what like what and then i i, I mean i don't even know like what <laughs> it's just okay <laughs> the best scene in the film is when he calls that one guy from shameless a tech dork because i just thought that was really funny <laughs> and then yeah and then he says i don't have a cell phone it's five g's and I'm oh, like, oh my god <laughs> He's the best. He is definitely. You know what? I think I like this film now too. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh god, I can't even. It's just so wow. The other thing I really wanted to bring up because this one has all sorts of weird twists in it as well, and Frank Grillo turns up, and I think he is just divine. And then it's suddenly like, yeah, he's her stepdad and they have like clearly a sexual relationship. And yeah, that's totally wrong. But I'm thinking this is so porno, modern porno movie. But then at the same time, I'm like, you know what, Frank Grillo, if you want to be my stepdaddy like that, I'd let you because you're kind of beautiful. The way I saw that part was actually like, she's so unreliable. She lies all the time, Mm. except for that last scene where she's like, my name is Margaret or whatever. Like, I feel like that's... (laughs) Which is just ridiculous, but I feel like everything she said is a lie, so maybe they weren't even related, mm. or like in any way at all, you know, like maybe he wasn't her stepdad. Yeah, it, that's definitely possible, because yeah, she does just lie. And yeah, the the conclusion to this, he's like tied up, and then his ex-wife, or soon-to-be ex-wife, and kids show up, and then the kid oh. somehow gets the gun and shoots the girl, and I'm what? <laughs> okay. Oh. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. No, 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 no. The best part, the real best part is when she's like, I'm what they call damaged goods. It's like, oh. stop it. Cut that out. Right. It's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shattered is kind of like, it's not thrilling. It's not really at all sexy, but it's fun for all the wrong reasons. It really <laughs> is amazing. Thank you for bringing this movie into my life. <laughs> It's it's what I do. Amazing. Well, we are going to discuss now two more films, and these are two films that we kind of would put in the middle of the road for erotic thrillers. So there's good, uh, you know, positive, negative kind of things, but definitely worth checking out. So we will discuss the movie Fear with Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon and Alyssa Milano, and as well as Original Sin with Antonio Banderas, Angelina Jolie, and Thomas Jane, amongst others. We'll go with Fear, which was my imports for Middle of the Road. I think Fear, maybe this is kind of more like horror-ish erotic thriller, but in that teen genre, so kind of a bit swim fanny. But I think what swim fan kind of got more right is that it didn't feel as creepy as this does in the way that Reese's character is pretty young and Mark Wahlberg's is meant to be 21 kind of thing. I don't know. He's meant to be 21. Oh, come on. I feel no. like, I think that's what they said. I honestly can't remember, but I kind of, yeah, I don't know. It just makes me feel a bit weird, but. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Don't know what it is about Fear. It is just a really weird, fun movie. And I think it's a good reminder that police don't get overly obsessed with someone to this point. And it's also sad to think that people do. I think it can, it definitely opens up an interesting discussion on like toxic masculinity and all these kinds of things as well. Just done in like this sexy thriller for teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, I'm feeling you on how it's, it's like a mid swim fan or, or, and when I saw it again, 
then um, I was really reminded of Cape Fear, which mm. I haven't seen the original of, but I really love the remake and stuff. I don't like Mark Wahlberg. I do really like Fear, and I think I'd like it better if it had a different uh, antagonist guy because uh, I don't like him really. But I do, I do like a lot of elements of Fear, and I do think it's a great commentary on on um, toxic masculinity. Yeah, it is, and definitely sort of like toxic relationships and uh, really abusive behaviors. I think it actually tackles these things really well. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg kind of plays this very bizarrely, and I don't know why. By the end, he's just going super crazy. What what are you doing, dude? But yeah, there's actually like some good thriller moments. There's, you know, a lot of interesting little bits in this film, and it the cast always forget like this cast. You've got the lead from CSI and judging Amy are Reese Witherspoon's parents in this movie and then like her little brother ends up being like the hero because he totally runs over one of the dickheads that try to invade their home (laughs) it's just crazy on a weird level and yeah it's erotic thrillery the sort of the teen thing and a little bit of horror but you know it's a probably like a good way to I guess enter into erotic thrillers if you want to dip your feet in the water at least uh, how I feel but I don't know how do you feel I almost feel like I, I definitely saw this one as a kid too and I feel like this might be one of the first erotic thrillers I'd ever seen and I what surprised me in my rewatch was that this one got really ridiculous at the end too when she or no when that her dad found the shrine to her with all that weird mm. like the Chucky doll and all like I didn't expect the movie to get that ridiculous because I think it's a, one of the more serious erotic thrillers we've discussed and so yeah this this one sort of does had a lot a lot of very serious moments and then it just goes bash insane oh it, it just goes completely off the rails like mm. why did that kid have to hit one of the bad guys like it just that i, I would say yeah. the last 15 minutes went completely out there it does and it's like why did they have to do that to the dog no 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 oh that was so unnecessary it was it really was i'm like you know what we hate you guys already we don't need to hate you even more I love when the one guy, when um, when he got his hand, he got like crucified in his hand with that drill yes. gun thing. He's yes. like, oh, this gig is tired. I, I don't really want to do this anymore. And he just like left. He just leaves. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably what you all should have done. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, get, it gets very silly-ish, but... Yeah, I think it, this in some of in some of these like I guess obsessive weird thingy like movies it it doesn't um it's more often that we see like the woman being the obsessive one and this is a case of it's the man and I think in a, in a way that does it really does lend a lot to say about like toxic masculinity and maybe it wasn't even intending to do that but when you look at it it really does but I think fear is still worth watching and does have such a banging sound soundtrack like damn oh yeah especially with the wild horses roller coaster scene yeah i feel like that was a great song for that for that scene yeah, it's it's actually really, like really well shot. And the other one we're going to talk about being like a middle of the road one is Original Sin. And um, what do you think about this? I mean, we know that we love Antonio. Oh yeah, uh, I I absolutely I do not go even a day without mentioning how much I love Antonio. Ask anyone. Um, we're also on a first name basis, but I feel like this film uh, is not my favorite of his. There's a lot of great, fun, um, exciting parts and stuff, but I would say it is a middle of the road around thriller and isn't the it's not the most dynamic film i've ever seen yeah i think what works really well with original sin is a antonio b angelina c they have really sizzling chemistry and when they do get it on like it is very very sexy but at the same time i guess the thriller element of it all kind of doesn't really work and i think this really needed to be campy as all hell because it takes itself too seriously for a story that's clearly very very campy and that i think would have just made it so much better i do find it is quite a watchable and weirdly enjoyable movie but i think if it really played up the camp it would have been so much better although thomas jane kind of brought it a little bit especially in his fake mustache oh that was i liked that part he's cuter than i realized he cuter without that that mustache and that weird hat but like he is he's cute he not he's no antonio but he's cute he is he is actually very cute in this yeah he needed to lose the mustache <laughs> But like seriously, this movie wins the points for Antonio just being so sizzling sexy 
and Angelina Jolie also. It's like, why aren't you two in like all the movies together without your clothes on? Because that would be so good. Oh, they're they're so beautiful, honestly. And and I think the cinematography in this one was beautiful too. But I had a little bit of issues with the as long as this film is, I thought the pacing was a little too fast with their relationship and how quickly they they kind of got together. Even though I mean they were married early, but I just feel like it they should have kind of paced that better. Yeah, I feel like we're sort of rushed into it a little bit, but then it takes too much time later on. Like you could have actually sort of explored some of the earlier stuff more, but still have maybe 20 to 15 minutes cut out of it just to keep it more tighter paced around some bits. But yeah, I I actually think, yeah, maybe it's kind of underrated in the, in the sexy department these days. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really, I liked, yeah, I really do like this one, but I, I definitely think the pacing strange. It reminded me a lot of, um, which is a newer film. Have you seen In Secret? No, I haven't seen that one. It's got, uh, it's got Oscar Isaac. I forget who else is in it, but, uh, oh, Draco Malfoy. (laughs) I don't even watch Harry Potter anymore, but it's, he's in it. Well, Tom Felton. Yeah. So, and I think, um, it's got one of the Olsons in it, but not the twins. (laughs) Elizabeth Olsen. Yes. Yes. And so it, it reminded me a lot of that one. And I feel like that's original sin, but maybe a little bit of a better film as far as erotic thrillers Mm. and stuff go where there's this a lot of deception and there's a lot of pain and and tortured Mm. lovers and stuff like that and I I do really enjoy films with those elements. I think with our kind of middle of the road ones I think maybe fear played up maybe more towards sort of the thriller stuff with Original Sin I think it played up more the erotic stuff so that's that's kind of why they're you know in the middle of the road but I think with all uh, 10 films we've discussed there's a lot to pick and choose there's a lot of different examples and I think it potentially opens it up for part two of just talking about erotic thrillers in the future on this show anytime you want to talk about erotic thrillers I'm so down I, I I'm having so much fun yes there are definitely a lot more that we could talk about yeah so in the lead up to this episode on Twitter which you can find at twitter.com slash afterdarkpodnet I asked the people to chime in about what erotic thrillers they like and don't like so we'll read i'll read out what they had to say and in doing so they get a shout out from after dark so b Germain, my co-host on the super network said the best bound and the worst body of evidence which are two that were mentioned on this very show are a bunch of comics aka bunchy who kindly provides the intro to this podcast mentioned embrace of the vampire Alyssa milano shows who was the boss it's horrible but boobs <laughs> fair very fair yeah and Alyssa milano did do quite a bit in the erotic thriller genre as I well i never realized that yeah wow yeah she did barton roberts said bounds which would be a good one lots of love for bounds which is great uh Fashion Grunge Podcast said, Fear is my all-time fave. I love the genre and I can't think of one I hate. Haha. <laughs> Saliva I watched and reviewed recently and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Bound is another great one. And Bart's and Roberts replied to this with recently saw fear for the first time and my jaw was on the floor when William Peterson <laughs> just yeeted Mark Wahlberg out the window. <laughs> Not sure there's a better demise in the genre. I kind of agree with that. <laughs> That was pretty good. Yeah, I, I gotta admit that was pretty good seeing him yeah. thrown out the window like that. I liked out it. the window. <laughs> so good. And he also added with uh, just more in general for erotic thrillers, I love how incredibly sleazy Body Heat is. Body Double is another fun sleazy one and as mentioned, Bound is a favourite. I'd like to see the, the Wachowskis do something small and tight like this again and how can you not love The Last Seduction? I think very well said with that uh recasted pod said body of evidence she's not prettier but madonna is hotter than sharon stone neve and denise are hot but their scenes are lame body of evidence one of my faves and 
also the color of night. So maybe a bit of controversial opinions are there, but color of night is definitely one we will have to talk about in a future installment. Oh yes, please. I would love to. <laughs> Meg Allenant said, I love dress to kill, which is a, definitely a good one. Dash Harris Films Pod said, love Angel Heart, love Two Moon Junction, love Never Talk to Strangers. And I think, yeah, some of these ones mentioned will probably have to bring up in a part two and maybe we'll yeah we'll probably do that in a few months time and maybe change up how we talk about the film so Dylan thank you so much for joining me this has been an absolute blast and a real pleasure to uh, re-watch movies and again discover and watch new movies so thank you so much for coming after dark thank you so much for having me I'm, I'm really so happy to be here and I had so much fun talking about all these films with you yay so excited uh and if people want to check out any of the stuff you do where can they find your stuff um well you could see what i'm doing at either bloodybedroom.com just spelled exactly as it sounds or uh d-y-l-y-n-c-e-l-i-4 on instagram and twitter excellent and you have a column that you write for hear us screen can you tell us a little bit about that Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I do. I I forgot I forgot who I was for a second. Yeah. Um yeah, so um as a Jewish horror fan, I've I've noticed that there's a lot of Jewish talent behind a lot of our favorite horror films and just horror stuff in gen- general and I I uh, have a column called Holy Terrors that I am a little bit behind on because I, I've been not in the best health, but soon I will be back to it for Hear a Scream. And it just basically focuses on Jewish people behind some of our most badass horror films. It is amazing because I have, I can't remember which one I read last that you did, but I really enjoyed that. I remember thinking to myself, this is really good. You know, it, it's something different. Cause yeah, like you said, a lot of people probably don't realize, you know, who's behind some films and it really opens up like a whole new sort of like whoa really this is cool oh thank you so much you're very welcome so please people check out dylan on the socials and their work for hear us scream and bloody bedroom and everybody be sure to stay tuned to all things after dark subscribe via your podcast streaming platforms and via youtube we are on all the social media please visit linktr.ee slash after dark network for all the links and this podcast after dark with super Marcy podcast releases fortnightly and the next episode will be live sunday 8 p.m australian eastern daylight savings time which translate to sunday 4 a.m eastern standard time and sunday 9 a.m gmt look for the weekly show after dark conversations releasing every wednesday 8 a.m australian eastern daylight savings time or however I say that uh tuesday 4 p.m eastern standard time and Tuesday 9pm GMT. So thank you, Dylan, once again for joining me. And remember, everybody, what happens after dark stays after dark. Catch you next time.